Turn your Bibles to Psalm 25. Psalm 25, we will not take long here, but we want to read it as an example of a psalm, and there are others, that describe a man who wants that close personal relationship with God that Abraham had, that Enoch had, that Noah had, that Moses had, that Joshua sought, and that Joshua had. These are the words of David, the man after God's own heart. And I hope as we read through them, you can be asking yourself, and you can be praying these words yourself, as if they were your words. God gave us these inspired words through a melancholy man who had the same soul afflictions and far worse trials in his life than you will ever have. No matter what you face. And so as we read this, see where he turns and how he turns and how he expresses himself to God and how he describes the benefits of having God as his friend. Let's all stand together and read Psalm 25 in unison, thinking upon the character behind these words and do these words describe our souls and the cry of our souls this day. Together, unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Show me thy ways. O Lord, teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindnesses. For they have been ever of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore will he teach sinners in the way. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease. And his seed shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And he will show them his covenant. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord. For he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn thee unto me and have mercy upon me. For I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. 
Oh, bring thou me out of my distresses. Look upon mine affliction and my pain, and forgive all my sins. Consider mine enemies, for they are many, and they hate me with cruel hatred. Oh, keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in thee. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Very briefly, when you read a psalm, go back and go over its verses carefully making its verses the prayers of your soul, recognizing the character that's expressed by the verses. And while I do not have time to preach the psalm to you, I want to point out a few things that I hope will help you. In the first verse, Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. This is a man that starts out his prayer and starts out this psalm by giving God his soul. That is your entire being. That is your innermost being. That is you. He gives it to the Lord. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. I give myself to you. Do with me as it pleases you. But I give myself to you. Unto thee, singular pronoun, in the second person, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Remember the comment that I made earlier about the Bible describing a friend that is as your own soul. This is giving your soul to God to make Him the friend of your own soul, by giving your soul to Him. By giving Him all your inner thoughts, all your inner fears, all your faith, you give it to Him. In the fourth verse, Lord God, I want your lifestyle for mine. Show me Thy ways. O Lord, teach me thy paths. This is the meekness that is described later in this passage in verse 9. This is meekness by saying, Lord, I want to learn what you want me to do. So show me and teach me thy ways and thy paths. This is our humility and our submission to him. He is going to tell Abraham that today in our Lesson. And he told Moses that with all the commandments that he gave Moses. But we want to tell him up front that we want his ways and we want his paths for our lives. Not our ways and our paths, but his. And it was the Lord Jesus Christ doing this in the Garden of Gethsemane that led to the pleasures forevermore at God's right hand. In verse 5. There is only one truth that I want in the world, Lord, and it is yours. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. On thee do I wait all the day. He waits on no one else. He looks for everything of value and importance from the Lord. And he says that to us in the fifth verse. In verse 7, he confesses not only present sins, but past sins, to acknowledge before God that he is guilty. And not worthy of friendship, but he knows that God receives the confessing and repentant man. He says, remember not the sins 
of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, not according to my goodness, but according to thy mercy, forgive me and don't remember them. Do it for your goodness sake, O Lord. Remember your goodness sake instead of my sins. Remember thou me out of the goodness of your heart rather than remembering the badness of my heart is how he speaks, which is the humility that is necessary to draw nigh to God and necessary for him to draw nigh to you. If you come pretentiously to him, you will make no progress in having God draw nigh to you. In verse 11, For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. He knows that it's only pure mercy and the goodness of God for his own glory that he will forgive a sinner. And he tells the Lord that in that 11th verse. In verse 12, he describes the blessing of fearing the Lord. What man is he that feareth the Lord? What is it like for the man that fears God? What are the benefits? What are the blessings? What is the reward? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. A man that properly fears God by loving him and delighting in his commandments and separating himself from all the evil in his light and becoming very God conscious in his life, that man is a man who fears the Lord. God will choose that man's way on earth and will teach him in that way that he will choose for him. God can take a little young lad who is keeping sheep lost to his family for all practical purposes and take that young lad and set a course for his life and teach him all the way to the throne of Israel to desiring to build the temple of God, leading the people of God, and having a, a, a book in the Bible filled with prophecies of the Lord Jesus Christ, God blessed David abundantly and showed him his way and taught him in it. Him, that is the man that fears the Lord, shall he, that is God, teach in the way that he, that is God, shall choose. God will have a plan for your life. And God will teach you in that plan for your life. If you put God first in the priorities of your life and His holiness first in the practice of your life according to the first half of the verse. Verse 13. Further blessings about this man that fears the Lord. His soul shall dwell at ease. That is a blessing. Is your soul ever messed up? Is your soul ever twisted? Is your soul ever starving? Is your soul ever confused? Is your soul ever at unrest? Your soul can dwell at ease. Remember, we give our soul to the Lord, and we delight in Him, and we become very God-conscious with our lives, and He'll put your soul at ease. You will go through life with your soul at ease. It doesn't matter. Circumstances do not change the soul of a man who's trusting in the Lord. David said, my foot shall not slide. I'm trusting in the Lord. Verse 14. This man, his... Well, let's go back to verse 13. We don't want to forget the second clause. His seed shall inherit the earth. His family tree will be blessed. His children will be blessed and prospered by the God of heaven because this man, in the first half of verse 12, feared the Lord. Verse 14 tells us the secret of the Lord, the secret of His presence, His special revelation of things comes to the man that fears Him. 
Those men in the Bible that had abundant revelations in the goodness of God and saw things yet afar off were men that when you read about them, loved God and had a very personal relationship with Him. What Jesus could say of Abraham, Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. John 8, 56. But Abraham was a man that walked with God. Moses saw many things. And the Lord told Moses many things, but we've already learned today that Moses walked with God. So it was with David. So it was with Daniel. These men delighted in the Lord, and the Lord revealed things to them that He revealed to no other. We simply benefit with the fact that they put down in writing what God revealed to them. So He has revealed those things to us. And this is more than a book with writing on pages to us. We love these words. We understand these words, and we receive these words as God's special blessing to us, like He blessed them. If you want to understand the Word of God, what what is more important than three hours of my high-energy investment in you on Wednesday evening will be your investment in verses 12 through 14. Does everyone understand that, and have you always known that? Have I made that very clear to you? That the personal qualifications of understanding God's Word are more important than any technical rules that I could teach you. This is understanding God's Word. This is having God reveal His secret to you. He will show you His covenant. Verse 15. Mine eyes are on Sundays toward you. Mine eyes are, when I'm in trouble, toward you. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord. We should go through life with an eye always on the Lord. It's being God conscious. There is no rocket science involved. And don't let your feelings or the fiery darts of the devil discourage you. It is a choice to live a God conscious life by thinking of God and knowing that you are walking before Him and He is walking with you in every part, stage, and difficulty of your life. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, for He shall pluck my feet out of the net. I don't know where the net is. I don't know when the net is going to try to snare me. So my eyes are ever toward the Lord, so that when I fall into the net, He'll be there with me, because my eyes have always been on Him, even when I'm walking surely, and there is no net in sight. Verse 16, Turn thee unto me, and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. When you are lonely and troubled, where do you turn? If you turn to others, you are foolish, and you will not be satisfied. When you are desolate and afflicted, you should cry for the Lord to turn unto you, and have mercy upon you, for He is the only one that can care for your soul and satisfy your soul. Verse 17, the troubles of my heart are enlarged. There's a confession. You know, friends are able to tell each other their problems, aren't they? And have no fear of being rejected as they tell them their problems. And so the Lord is the perfect friend. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. I I have huge problems. They're huge. You can tell the Lord. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. He is saying I have huge problems. 
Oh, bring thou me out of my distresses. He does not look anywhere else, but he says, Oh, bring thou me. One-on-one friendship between God and David. Verse 20. Oh, keep my soul and deliver me. Let not, let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in thee. Oh, Lord, keep me. I don't know what the future holds, and I know the, but I know the future does hold my death. Keep my soul. I committed unto you. The Apostle Paul would say, along with this verse, both by the inspiration of the same Spirit, I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Because he had committed his soul into the hands of God. Are these your, are these your prayers this morning? Yes. Thank you, brother. May the Lord be praised.